0: Hi, and welcome to the latest and greatest of the Honest Modern Dating Podcast. In this podcast, we're actually going to be talking about the power of progress mindsets. So repeat that, the power of progress mindsets. This is something that when you understand this, it kind of flips the switch. It's something that when you understand it, when it comes to relationships, when it comes to dating... You know, you'll understand that things like anger, things like jealousy, these are all emotions that are trying to get us to achieve a certain result. And, you know, if you're a, if you're a procrastinator, just in life as well, like how to shift your mindset so you start actually achieving more. Um, this is to do with relationships, but, you know, often what I say is how you treat one relationship is how you treat every relationship. And how you treat your relationships is often how you treat yourself. So I want to look at this as a, um, we're going to look at this as life in general. This is life advice in general. But with the core of it, we're also going to be talking specific about relationships because it's really important. Now in the past, in the past, we've talked about standards, right? We've talked about upper limit and lower limits of standards. And this is a really exciting thing to talk about, but... What's more important as well, outside of knowing your standards, is also knowing how to defend them. Because our standards come into two major categories. The first category are the categories of the shoulds. You know, they're the things that we don't necessarily do. You know, for example, uh, I I should eat healthier. You know, or or I, I should be more productive with whatever work I'm meant to be doing. You know, it's like the shoulds, are the things that are the nice things to get. They're the things that when we do, they're kind of like, they're they're achievable. But, you know, we don't necessarily do it because, why? Because there's actually nothing that keeps us accountable to them. You know, there's there's no real strong benefit. Sure, it would be great, for example, with the example of like, I should eat healthier, you know. It's like, it would be great if we did, but it's also great if we didn't. And these are the things that I find a lot of people get really upset about. It's like I should be doing this, I should be doing that. And to quote, uh, uh, Lord, <laughs> my Lord and Savior, Tony Robbins, um, you know, he says often we should all over ourselves. So, how true is that? You know, it's it's interesting that we get ourselves in these situations where we should do these things. And you'll find the people who have done those things, whatever you wanted to do, maybe it's lose weight, maybe it's. Um, have better relationships, maybe it's standing up for yourself, these things. It's like, they don't turn to shoulds, they turn to musts. Now, musts are these rules that are, they are the rules that you cannot break. But I'm going to tell you now how to defend them. Because, honestly, when it comes to your standards... You know, there's there's a rule, especially when it comes to relationships, there's like, know what you want, expect the unexpected. Because honestly, if you go in knowing exactly what you want, that the person must be this, have this IQ, have this particular shoe size, must have green eyes, but slightly bluer on the left, you know. If, if you have all of these crazy rules about what kind of person you're going to meet, you're not going to find them because that person won't exist. Similarly... If you don't have any rules, then you're just going to find anyone, and then that's not going to really make you any happier. So we want to know what we want, but we also want to ha- like expect the unexpected. But to do that, we have to know what we must not allow to be crossed. These are the standards that must be held. You know, whether or not that's a standard of if you're someone who believes in sex after marriage, that they must respect that. And or maybe it's like if you're someone who's actually, on the contrary, quite sexual, you know, if you're in a relationship that you need um, to express that sexuality, then that must be a thing. Otherwise, guess what? You're not going to be happy. What tends to happen is that, the shoulds that we have are always things, especially in relationships, that we we think that will make a better relationship, but the musts are things that will are like our minimum to make us happy. You know? Look at the difference between anyone who um who is a high achiever on anything versus the people who necessarily aren't they have different musts. They have different things that they must achieve and they have different things that they necessarily like must not achieve. You know, it's equally, it's equally things that motivate them that things that are pleasure and it's also things that are pain. But what's important most of all, by the way, most what's the most important thing is that you defend your standards. You look after them, you take care of them because they are your friends. The moment you let your friends down, they no longer start helping you, and these are your standards. So, you know, but how do we defend our standards, and what exactly does that really mean? So, it's like, let's, let's use an example of a standard in a relationship must be that you must be in a relationship that, it is, uh, that you are heard. That you are heard for your emotions, that maybe you're, you want to be in a relationship with someone. When you're feeling down, they don't necessarily try and fix the relationship, fix the issues but they want to listen to you, you know? Maybe that's a standard that you have. So how do you defend that? First of all, it's, it's how you, what relationships you choose. Because if you're consistently meeting up, or hooking up, or going out with, or even dating people who don't do what you want to do, or what you need to feel amazing and confident, what's that's going to do is that's going to actually kill your confidence. And once your confidence is killed, that's one of the hardest things to get back. This is all about managing your confidence. This is all about putting yourself in the right situation so you can grow and putting yourself with the right people so you can grow. Unfortunately, if you keep going with the wrong people, if you keep meeting the wrong people, going out with the wrong people, or even tolerating the wrong people in your life, you're going to start to think that you're the weird one. All these crazy standards, they don't necessarily make you fit in. And the question I want to ask you is how would you live your life if rejection was not an issue? How would you live your life if maybe defending your standards didn't mean you didn't get any less love? Because that's what a lot of people are afraid of. A lot of people are afraid that if they defend their standards, if they do these things that I'm about to tell you, then honestly, they might not, they might not be liked. But really... You know, the more you move in the right direction with the right people, you're actually going to feel a lot more happier and healthier. So step one is to actually choose actively who you hang out with, right? Like pick actively. So that might mean you might have to say yes to some people and no to other people. And you might be one of those people that is terrified of saying no. But let me tell you this. Rejection is a good thing. I firmly believe it and I live by it. Rejection is one of those things that you learn about the outside world. It's like a submarine going through the ocean would not know where it's going if it did not have sonar, the bing, bing. And similarly, you would not know where you're going if you did not have that feedback and accountability from the world around you. So that's why rejection is a good thing. But also, rejection is a good thing because when you reject other things... So other people, other activities, other ideas, things that waste your time, maybe you want to reject television, for example, what happens is, is you start to show yourself that you got more opportunities. And you start to show yourself that, you know, maybe that's something you don't necessarily want to do to fill up your time. So what else do you want to fill up your time? I hope that makes sense. So rejection is a really good thing. And what you can do, by the way, is literally just start saying yes and no to new activities it might mean that you see certain friends sorry <clears throat> you might it might mean that you see certain friends and they 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 aren't necessarily doing what you want to do for example you know some people have friends and maybe you don't know have friends like this or maybe you you have you know some people who have friends like this because all know, we, we we're all perfect but we all definitely know someone who's like this but sometimes we have friends who love to rev- like to roll around in drama You know, they they don't necessarily know, and this is what we're going to talk about, switching progress mindsets, right? They don't necessarily know how to celebrate the victories, but they definitely know how to talk about defeats. They definitely know how to talk about pains. They definitely know how to talk about issues. In fact, that's how they view the world. If you're not having pain, then you're not living. You know, it's, it's interesting. I I remember in the past, you know, I'd, I'd been through breakups and, you know, my friends all of a sudden start coming out of the woodworks. These aren't necessarily the friends I'd want to hang out with, but they want to come and they want to talk about my problems. Why? Because it may helps them feel connected to their problems. And really there are two major kinds of people. You know, the first kind of person is the kind of person and you know, I talk about this more in my a little free audiobook. If you if you don't have it, email me at Harvey at get him But it's also available at com. If you look under there's uh, guides, you can get it under there. It's a quick, free, amazing little audiobook. book. Uh, but look, there are two major kinds of people. One is a progress mindset and one is uh like preservation mindset. The preservation mindset will often ask the wrong questions, and I'm gonna talk about questions in a second. But progress mindset will often ask the right questions. So what are the wrong questions that a preservation mindset or a stationary mindset person will ask themselves? They will ask themselves, how do I feel good? Or how do I not feel pain? You know, they, these are the questions that they're good to ask. And you, you, these are the subconscious questions that we ask ourselves. These aren't necessarily conscious some of the time. These are questions that we've conditioned ourselves to ask ourselves. So, look, let's, let's ask the question. How do I not feel bad? Or how do I feel good? Look, it might be go for a run. It might be do all these things. But that question also has answers like watch TV, eat junk food, numb yourself, drink, do drugs. All of this stuff that doesn't necessarily help. Because the question is how do I feel good? And sometimes the answer is look, look. One way to feel good is to not feel bad, right? But if the question you ask yourself, and these are the real progress mindset people, these are the people that I'm like this. And if chances are, if you're listening to this podcast, you're one of these people. That the questions that you ask yourself, or the questions that you would like to ask yourself, are things like, how do I feel amazing? How do I achieve these results that I want? How do I get to where I want to go? And the questions and the answers might be different. The answers might be that, you know, you might get, uh, how do I say this? The answer How do I feel amazing? Go for a run. How do I feel amazing? Start to eat healthier. You know, you, you start to shift your mindsets. And when you get used to asking these questions, you start getting better results in your life. And this is, this is, as I said before, this is life advice in general, right? But it also counts for relationships. How do I get them to notice me? Ooh, that question. That question. Because the answer sometimes is jealousy. And let me talk about jealousy. Jealousy is a temperamental emotion. Jealousy is an extremely temperamental emotion. Jealousy is an emotion that you can create in other people, but only in the right circumstances. And only to show off, to seduce your partner. And I mean seduce, not in this evil way, but in this, like the way you want your partner to seduce you. Look, I'm going to talk about all the wrong ways to use jealousy before we talk about the right ways. And these are all ways to defend your standards, by the way. You know, I'm going in this arch loop, but I'm going to come back to it, and you're going to really see how this all connects. So how do people use jealousy? Well, the other day, someone went against my advice and decided to post a picture of me and her to make her boyfriend jealous on her Instagram. I'm going to throw this out there. I was like, I have no part in this. Because her thought was, if I get him jealous, then he's going to feel bad. And when he feels bad, he's going to want and come and talk to me. But what are the other results that might happen? If you make someone jealous, they might think that, you know, you weren't as serious about the relationship as they were. So they'll start moving around. If you make them jealous, they might get really angry and start going have sex with someone else. If you make someone feel jealous, they might feel hurt, unheard, and start to just start to block themselves off emotionally from you. Or if you make them feel jealous, they might be like, what the fuck? Because, because what is anger, by the way? Like, we're jumping around a lot, but this is really important. Like, what is anger? Why do we get angry? We get angry when someone violates our view of the world. Maybe, at uh, the start of this year, I almost got hit by a truck. And what perplexed me about this is I got angry at the truck driver because he ran through a red light and almost hit me, but... I noticed he got angry at me because I almost hit his truck. And it's funny because in that moment I realized, hey, he's angry at me because I violated his view of the world and I angry at him because he violated my view of the world. So it's a way for our body to try and get control of the situation. And there are ways you can use anger in the right way, which I will then talk about later in this podcast. But, you know, it's honestly like anger and jealousy and things like that They are emotions that are messages and not necessarily tools in most situations, right? So when it comes to jealousy, look, you don't want to necessarily create it in someone unless it's coming from a place of love. And I will tell you how to use jealousy and how to use anger in the right way rather than the wrong way. Because, you know, sometimes there's a situation where you... Where, you, um, uh, where you're um, where you angry, right? And then you storm off because you're like, ha, ah, he's like, fuck him. But look, that's just you asking for attention. Or maybe that wasn't you, but maybe you know someone like that who's done that. And it's just a cry for help. It's just a cry for attention. But sometimes it pushes your partner away. So look, this is all about having standards and defending them. But if you want to be a progress mindset, you have to start asking the right questions. And the right questions might be, how do I connect with my partner better? You know, if you're jealous, if your partner makes you jealous, it might be, how do I actually, uh, how do I enrich his life so that way it doesn't necessarily matter about other women? Because when you answer that question, you probably get better answers. It might be to fuck his brains out better than anyone else. Or it might be to connect with him and share time with him better than anyone else. Often give a guy, give anyone, this is a secret to anyone by the way, Give anyone what they want before they know they want it, and they're going to like you. Hands down, no matter what, that's universal law of just something. We haven't given it a name yet. We'll give it a name maybe soon. But, you know, I I can hear you psychically um, asking me, like, Harvey, how do I use jealousy and anger in the right way? There There are a couple specific situations, and these are situations to be used lightly. They're what we refer to as a jolt. Now, a jolt is one of the four language styles that I teach, uh, especially if we work one-on-one. And if if you haven't already worked with me one-on-one, like, get your shit together because my time is filling up. And by the way, we have a a webinar coming up soon, which I'm going to announce in a second or after later, later, later. There's a lot of laters, right? Uh, I'll tell you why I do that later. (laughs) So uh, jealousy, um, you want to use jealousy uh, when you're basically in the experimental flirting stage, nothing else. Because when you're when you're creating trying to create jealousy in a relationship that is, um, when you're at this like really knee deep in your relationship, you're gonna have issues because then you're gonna hurt the nature of the relationship. The only way to really use jealousy is at the start. So you might be in a bar, you might be flirting with other people, and they they it's instead of think of jealousy, think of it as social proof. If you don't know what social proof, social proof is. Uh, it's like a information bias. It's like we, we, it's, it's the difference between seeing a restaurant, right? It, there's like two restaurants. They're exactly the same, but one of them has a full house full of people. And one of them has no people in it. You're immediately going to assume that the house that is full, uh, the restaurant that's full of people is better, even though that the restaurants, both restaurants are exactly the same. So instead of thinking of jealousy, think of it as social proof. And when you when you're with someone, especially if you're meeting someone in a bar, creating social proof is actually something that works in your favor. It's the thing that, you know, if they're like, oh, this girl's actually chatting to other guys. I better try harder. You're actually going to like put yourself as a really desirable person because as we said with the restaurant examples, that's the the place where everyone, it's like we think it's good because everyone else is going there, right? So that's a little bit of jealousy. But again, it's progress mindset. The question is, how do I get him to think that I'm the super desirable person? which you are, but this is about outer love. This is about how to express it to other people in a way that they can understand, you know? So it's like jealousy isn't really a good emotion to try and manifest, but social proof is. Now, anger, we talked about it before, anger is this thing that, you know, we, we try and control the world around us. Instead of anger, what we want to do is think of boundaries and We politely say no If someone tries to cross our boundaries We politely say no If someone tries to consistently cross our boundaries We politely call them out on it Uh, I I had this example of someone who was uh, a Muslim woman And you know, she believes in sex after marriage Her partner's like But I want to have sex, I want to have sex, I want to have sex, I want to have sex And um, you know, she's like I don't know what to do I was like, say no So uh, she does And he doesn't get the hints. The next step is say no in a way that he understands. So keep him accountable. So it's like, look, I understand this, but you're going to lose me. If you put consequences on things, then that's when it's actually applicable. Now, there is another place. There is a third level that you can use anger, and that's when someone doesn't actually understand you. But that is only because you're trying to speak their language. You're matching your emotion to theirs, and like a barking dog, you're barking louder, but only in that situation. Look, I'll tell you some stories. Um, actually, no, I won't. Actually, I think I've mentioned it in past podcasts, actually. So that was going to be a waste of time. Um, but look, anger is one of those things that you don't necessarily want to uh, use all the time. But it is a jolt to try and make people realize actually how accountable they are. So if you want to think of a progress mindset, honestly, at the end of the day, it is a bit of a, um, it's a bit of a thing that you have to actually train this mindset. Because if you've been spending so much time, like, how do I feel good? The answer might be sleep in for five hours and not do any work. And we love that. We might love that on weekends, but, you know, on weekdays, we have to make a job. Or if you're going towards a goal, you know, that might not necessarily be something you want to do. So... This is about consistency. It's about consistently trying to ask yourself new questions and just putting a portion of your consciousness, a portion of your mind to being aware of the questions that you ask yourself. And this is a continual thing because what happens is, is that every day you decide, hey, I'm going to become a progress mind person, mindset person. You'll start to notice the differences in your patterns. You'll start to notice the differences that maybe, oh, one day, you know, I realized, oh, look, you know what about me? One really big thing about me, honestly, uh, here's the thing. Honestly, when I was younger, I used to think that um, helping people and love were the same. I think I've mentioned this before, but I'll say it again. That love and helping people were the same, and they're not. You can express love through helping people, but if you help people, they don't necessarily love you. And the reason why I say this is because I kept asking myself, how do I make people love me? And the answer was always help, help everyone. And uh, it was a huge theme throughout my entire life. And then, you know, as time went on, And I slowly realized that loving people and helping people were two separate things. Maybe I can receive love in other ways. So I noticed that the answer was different. But the question I started asking myself was, how do I create an incredible relationship? How do I create a world-class love? And the answers were obviously very different, because you have to do different things to get different results. You know, and when I started asking myself, how do I help people... I started getting better questions. But if I ask myself, how do I help people on a global scale to the point where they're so ecstatic that they have to tell everyone about me, maybe I'm going to get different results. So thank you so much for listening to this Honest Modern Dating Podcast. As always, um, this is... It's, I'm always so excited to work with you and to hear you, like just to get the responses from people because it's always really exciting when I do. Uh, email me at harvey at com, And uh, honestly, look... The podcast, I record this every Saturday and I get this out on Saturday. It's one of my favorite things to do. So if you enjoy listening to it, do not hesitate to email me at Harvey at com. And if I've had the honor of working with you one-on-one, I love you. But if I have not yet, send me an email because life is too short to suffer. You know, we might as well have some fun now. You want to ask yourself a question? Do you want to live through the pain or do you want to actually have something to gain? That's a rhyme and I just made it up right there. So thanks so much. I look forward to hearing from you and I will talk to you next Saturday. Peace.